Uh, welcome to a new episode of Trixie Talks. Today we are in uh, Trixie in The Hague to reflect on the exhibition How to Make a Coconut Shell into Everything. That was on view here at Trixie in The Hague in November 2021. Uh, my name is Leonor faber Jonker, and I am joined here in Trixie by the three artists who uh, took part in that uh, show. Um, Jesus Canuto Iglesias. Hello. Bang Iwen Jong. Hi. And Martin Gabriel. Yes, hi. And just to briefly introduce myself, I am a writer and artist interested in the life of objects, memory and colonial history, and I also feel uh, kind of rooted in a DIY culture and counterculture. Um, so to kick off this talk, I would like to ask you all to briefly introduce yourselves. Um, so Bang, maybe we start with you. Uh, hi, pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm Bang, and I graduated from the Academy in 2017 from uh, the Bachelor's Dep Department of Art Science. And uh, I've been uh, part of Trixie here since, uh, since that. I've been kind of running it and uh, developing my art, uh, artistic practice here as well. Uh, and it, uh, the show, the final show that I did here was kind of a, a reflection of like the things that I was like researching and like developing uh, over the past year, year and a half. Uh, and it came together with uh, these guys. And uh, it was a very nice experience, to be honest. I guess. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And how about uh, you, Jesus? Oh, I'm Jesus Iglesias, or Jesus Canuto Iglesias. Uh, I'm an artist from Spain, from Madrid. Uh, I'm now living in The Hague. I graduated from the Academy of Art of The Hague also, like Bang, from Art Science, but in 2019. And yeah, I've been working ever since then in, in The Hague, in my studio in the Vesturing, where also Martin has a studio. And uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. I work a, a lot with engines and sound and I come strangely from photography too, and so yeah, a bit uh, of a varied practice. All right. And Martin? Yeah, uh, I'm Martin, and uh, I graduated 2015 from KBK. I graduated as painter, but uh, I uh, shortly after that moved into sculpture, and uh, I was always inspired by video games, or I, s I used to say it like that, but in fact I'm more inspired by society and uh, all kinds of social issues and that is something that kind of reflects in the work which does take inspiration in the form of uh, aesthetics from video games and uh, virtual worlds and reality. I also, yeah, just like Jesus, Jesus said, I'm based in the Besturing in Den Haag. And now these diverse practices, three very varied practices actually, you've made an exhibition together uh, how to make a coconut shell into everything I can't repeat this title enough because <laughs> I just think it's great um, and how uh, yeah, how did that happen? how did that come about? this collaboration? yeah, a bit like coincidence I think uh, yeah. like it's a very long story this, yeah. leading up to this yeah. Long story. Yeah. Well, we have an hour. No. <laughs> I don't know, but let's put it this way. It's a long story, but it's a story you don't want to really tell in a way. So let's just say we were put together uh, through uh, another person that didn't join the show at the end. But we really liked the idea of doing show together because we found 
each other. You know, we knew each other a little bit from before, but we, like at least you guys, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. bank, you guys knew each other very well, right? Mm -hmm. But I knew just a little bit, right? And we kind of clicked. And it was fun uh, doing this. Uh, so we continued with the plan. The work shifted a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. It shifted a lot. And well, also, it, used, uh, it was supposed to be in fall 2021, right? Yeah, and then Corona happened, many things happened. Yeah, mm. through Corona it was also cancelled and, and then we settled into this, uh, which was, yeah, felt natural because bank also offered us the space, kind of, right? Yes. Yeah. And you all showed new works, right? Mm -hmm. yes. yes. And could you maybe, uh, for the listeners, and also for me, but uh, mostly for the listeners, uh, explain how uh, how the exhibition uh, looked. What what could you see when you walked into the space of Trixie? All right. Uh, well, when you walked into the space, so the first uh, work was mine, actually. So it's not sure that I start. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, I had a big installation that uh, was, I like to say, semi-interactive because the viewer was uh, able to step into the installation itself. And uh, it uh, was kind of conclusion of my sculpture work from the past couple of years where I made uh, multiple smaller sculptures mm -hmm. and they kind of shared the same theme or ideas but they weren't really one work and I was always looking into how do I want to uh, present them because putting them on a pedestal feels a little bit not only old-fashioned but it just didn't have the right environment to function and suddenly when I was trying to put them together it was functioning pretty well so I got this idea of creating like a temple uh, out of all of them and telling the story through that and then uh, so it was a large installation with uh, water fountains and uh, yeah, stairs where you walk up and you look down onto it and you can also watch it from sides and uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I can talk a bit more in depth later. Mm -hmm. Yes, we'll get, we'll return to that later. Um, what else was there to see? <laughs> uh, after that, I guess uh, there was my work and there was like a, a sort of little shrines like dotted around the space that were based on Thai religious uh, uh, symbols and uh, shrines that I adapted because I'm my my interests really lie in like how Western society or like especially Dutch society like really like uh, ch shifts the thing that is very s seen as holy throughout the throughout the, their history starting from the iconoclasm mm -hmm. till till now you see that these uh, divine entities kind of shift or like who they are what they are depending on what we know and i think that's very interesting uh, compared to my background from where i'm from because i'm originally from thailand and, the, and these kind of religious symbols or like holy symbols kind of never, they don't change and i think uh, this work kind of re reflects like uh, the mixture of these two the worlds i say or like kind of reflects me because like uh, it's like i'm also like i grew up here so I understand very much the, the this Western way of thinking of like a breaking down what is holy and trying to find something new and new interesting shapes that could be equally as important. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of my my inspiration for the for my, for this new work. So like just trying to find new 
shapes of being of for these old symbols using like Western like methods and mm-hmm. uh, theories and and they ref- and they go together on a on a on like a, a theoretical level, but also on like the the fabrication level. There's a lot of like a funny connection between the theory and the the reality of the object. So, yeah. But I can talk, go more into that later. Yes, we will. We will. <laughs> well, I guess the the last artwork is mine, and that one is was at the end of the of the room, uh, right next to Banks' work and opposed to Martin's. And uh, yeah, it was this big uh, sculpture slash installation, uh, which it's really hard to describe because it has a lot of so, of things in it. But it's basically a a big mirror that was attached to a sort of CNC machine robot kind of thing that could move the mirror horizontally and basically warp the mirror, kind of like the Photoshop uh, effect. And then so you just have this mirror that distorts the image that is reflecting mm-hmm. and then it also was reflecting on Banks' work mostly and you could see Banks' work being distorted and just the whole uh, gallery space and of course yourself and the other people, mm-hmm. which was which is kind of the the main conceptual point of the artwork which is the the relationship of the audience towards their yeah. reflection you know and uh, th- that is something that I, I have used a lot and actually comes from a similar idea ideas of the Jeff Wall book like he has a there's a very fo- famous photo of Jeff Jeff Wall of uh, him taking a picture of himself in his studio with a model uh, no no there is not a model it's him with a camera like mm-hmm. looking at the mm-hmm. thing and yeah, that's just I, I just got reminded of it by looking at the, at the book, and that was one of the reasons why I'm interested in reflection per se. And, mm-hmm. and this, and yeah, well, that's uh, the most basic surface level. But. So we we walked uh, we walked the listeners through the exhibition <laughs> more or less. Um, it's it's interesting uh, about your work, Jesus. When I uh, when I uh, saw the footage of that, it's. It kind of gave me an an, uh, an analog feel more than uh, the works of uh, Bang and Martin, uh, but I was wondering if that is if I was kind of uh, deceived a bit because you also talk about as a CNC system and mm-hmm. I uh, I'm not quite sure if I understand correctly what that is. Oh, so a CNC system is basically the automation of fabrication. Basically, mm-hmm. it's a, you have a machine that, uh, for example, cuts wood, but it, you have the motors automated. That, so then you just basically program the machine to cut the wood in a specific shape. Right. Which is like the contemporary way of uh, making, yeah. of, of producing, mm-hmm. of manufacturing, no? which is part of this uh, DIY thing that we, we had in the show. You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, at least that's how I see it, is uh, that there is quite, something quite special in the fact that someone, like a guy like me in The Hague, can just buy some manufacturing equipment for quite cheap, like imported from China, and then have access to these, yeah, in basically industrial equipment that we can access our, as artists and use in our practice. No? So it's, yes. it's a democratization of the manufacturing process to, towards everyone. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it has happened all over history with all technologies, basically, you know, like... Uh, yeah, yeah. So... And uh, just to return to the the title of the exhibition again, <laughs> and uh, its theme, uh, so how to make a coconut shell into everything. It refers to this, uh, also this idea of uh, DIY culture, and that you can learn how to make everything online, and also I guess order uh, lots of different technologies online. You just have access to an abundance of information. 
uh, I was uh, I was thinking about it and I thought, yeah, it's it's actually amazing. You can you can learn how to make glitter slime, you know, unicorn <laughs> poo. You can learn that from YouTube. You can also learn how to make a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> um, and this is a great abundance of information, of course. And uh, and I understood the exhibition also as as an attempt at bringing some kind of uh, uh, finding a space for reflection and quiet on this this chaos um, and also an attempt at answering mm, the questions that lie beyond beyond the technologies right like uh, uh, like you already alluded to that you, that you can reflect on how, how where do these technologies come from and uh, are, are they democratic and who has access to them uh, etc um, and in that light, I was kind of interested in how you each use technology, because you all, yeah, you, you also use technology to create your works. So you reflect on technology, mm -hmm. but you also use technologies. Um, yeah, I was, I was wondering how do you see each other's processes? So, uh, do you uh, see similarities in the, the technologies you use? Um, the basically it's the same technology we use to you to run your installation for us to produce work the 3d printing it's all a xyz core system basically that turns different planes and we use it in different ways but like it's like the way we produce work it's like with software and hardware mm -hmm. and then we try to like find a lot on YouTube because like it's not that we're like some IT guy that <laughs> that we fix these things and. Uh... Well, I saw Jesus, uh, you uh, described somewhere uh, that the these how it's made videos, mm -hmm. these YouTube videos, that these are actually essential for you being able to make this work. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, because all the like. It's uh, incredible, but like since I'm 15, I think I've, everything I've learned has been through the internet and mostly through YouTube and <laughs> tutorials and videos. And it just like it's incredible how it's a window to learn and absorb information from so many disciplines. You know, it's a uh, crazy like the amount of things. So yeah, like basically every aspect of the artwork that like at a fundamental level being extrapolated from YouTube, no, like the the programming of the motors, how to hack the motors to have them controlled the way I want to have them controlled, how to uh, do the programming, yeah, like uh, how to install the CNC machine, how to do, yeah, every single aspect of it is just <laughs> self-taught, I guess, that's how you could yeah, put it from yeah. the internet and uh, even the, the conceptual background of the work, not just the, because yeah, like, I, I don't know about you, but I think it's the same, like, we have, uh, or at least I have, like, more like the manufacturing aspect of the work that can have some significance and some cons conceptuality to itself. And then the other side of the work, which is what I'm going to speak with this sculptural base or, like, the the message that I want to transmit, no, but uh, this sculpture has to say. And that's where also YouTube and technology also has a, a lot of to do, because we, it's basically the whole... Uh, system that has been built and how these uh, technologies and these websites of videos are affecting society and that is not only the DIY how to manufacture but it's also you're seeing videos and like all these channels are basically telling you how to think now that they're mm -hmm. criticizing politics or their their it's like philosophical theory or all of these things or it's just sensationalism and news and fake news 
and theories and conspiracy theories and the real ones, the fake ones, all of this <laughs> comes together and it really shapes how society behaves and how we think now and we've seen that happen mm-hmm. and we're seeing, we're seeing it happening now. So yeah, that, I think that's also part of what we all saw during COVID, like we, we all were in this crisis, you know, mental state and mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where also the idea of the show kind of came together and the idea of the works is to kind of analyze this whole contemporary thought narrative that we are in and that is kind of influenced strongly by YouTube or yeah. internet yeah, media. Yeah. And algorithms. And the algorithm, and of course, yeah. <laughs> the, al- the algorithm, we talked yeah. a lot about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah because you, it's, it's a, you can learn a lot from YouTube, but it's also, you are limited or by these algorithms. They, they determine what, what you, you see and exactly. what you pick up. Which, uh, as an artist, also makes you question the own, your own authorship about the mm. techniques or, or like what you're doing or your ideas because you, like sometimes like uh, knowing for example how the music industry works i do not know if my interests are my own or they are the product of a marketing scheme from some company that has decided that they need to sell their stock of step promoters mm. you know that they, mm. they overproduce so they get this channel to talk i don't know like you, you never know in this uh, yes. like this business is basically because youtube is just a marketing it's like a, yeah, an yeah. advertisement company you know camouflaged as a you're just a vessel for the algorithm <laughs> by these step promoters well um, for me it's a bit like i approach it a bit from a different maybe not different side but it's like the do-it-yourself uh tutorials you could say mm-hmm. It's, uh, uh, it's like a tool, right? So if I want to do something, first thing I do is I go to, uh, to internet and I look up a tutorial. Because uh, obviously every time I want to do something new and I need to look up a tutorial, it's something I don't know. And uh, I realized lately also that this is a little bit uh, toxic in a way because it drives your attention every time in, in a different direction. So I really abused this heavily, especially after uh, after graduation, as I didn't come from the more technical side of art like you guys, but more from the artistic. I wanted to make video game. I wanted to make. I wanted to edit videos. I wanted to do all kinds of uh, electronic and mechanical uh, things in my work. And uh, you know, it sometimes the attention span and. Uh, the amount of energy you need to put into developing that skill, although you have all that uh, tutorials available, it's still huge and you still make plenty of mistakes and you still have to learn a lot. And so uh, lately I even started to shift away from that. I, I started to, I'm trying to uh, narrow down my practice more into like the actual things I have found interesting uh, throughout the couple uh, last years that, that I've been, uh, let's say, learning. Mm-hmm. So uh, actually, I'm a little bit moving away from uh, this uh, continuous learning curve. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's amazing that we have all this information available, obviously. And uh, But I mean, so for me, there is always pros and cons to everything. And the cons to uh, tutorials, the, the pros are quite obvious, but the cons are for me this continuous decision about what what am I going to do, you know, or, or like the possibilities that you have to mm-hmm. make decision about. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, but yeah, well, yeah I mean, that, that's all. I and but in your about. work that you showed here uh, at Trixie, you reflected on that. Yes, obviously, uh, but also throughout the time uh, from the past, uh, 
because I'm still, you know, there, so there is two things. There is learning from uh, do-it-yourself tutorials and there is the, the sheer culture of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally uh, stunned by the culture, you know, by, by the simple fact that there is so much information and that there is also such a, a ridiculous uh, tutorials or kind of uh, do-it-yourself videos like the one we used the name for the title mm -hmm. where you don't really learn anything or you don't really gain anything from watching that video. It's more like your attention span uh, on YouTube being abused, sort of. It's a <laughs> clickbait also. What was that video uh, about? Yeah, it was a guy uh, taking coconut shell onto life and just making some kind of uh, cup out of it <laughs> or uh, drinking, I guess. Genius. I don't know even if it worked. I think this guy actually has like a channel and he makes more things. I think he also made like a lamp and other things, but definitely not everything, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so th this is more the sort of uh, kind of toxic side of it also. Mm -hmm. Because it's just pushed onto you all the time, right? Yeah, mm. draws you in. Yeah. Uh, how do you reflect on that thing? Yeah, I can, I can get very lost, but then sometimes they also like uh, advise me to like, maybe you should be interested in this and then it go it brings me in the right way. So I'm very much for this uh, DIY uh, uh, use of YouTube, but it also depends on what you put into YouTube, but uh, it throws back in your face, of course. So it's very, <laughs> <laughs> so if uh, you need to be, stay strong and be very uh, focused on what you want, because uh, I was really like, uh, Made the interest in YouTube was like I wanted to learn how to uh, work with artificial intelligence and machine learning. So mm. I, I found a lot. There's like tons and tons of channels where you can where people explain you these programs and like uh, how it works and how uh, this artificial intelligence like makes like uh, sleeker, stronger, lighter versions of like models that uh, used to like take you do used to drop a hand, of course. And like uh, you used to do the math yourself, but now everything is like automated, like this algorithm on YouTube. So like everything like this goes it, like it's very much a strong part of the work that I show. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you use algorithms uh, in this work? Uh, this like uh, this is a technology based on machine learning, and it's uh, called uh, generative design. So then mm -hmm. you can make a model of something, and then you can like ask artificial intelligence if I put like these forces on these uh, specific points in the model what is the optimum shape this model should be mm -hmm. to withstand these forces so like i'm working a lot with like uh, together with artificial intelligence you could say to make something new it's not like uh, it's doing everything but it's like a, a step into the future and like a very speculative step so we don't know how how things in the future are gonna look maybe we don't have to choose maybe artificial intelligence does everything I saw this new house that they built in Japan. It was also 3D printed. It looks like a little, little Kinder Surprise egg. So they're also uh, <laughs> working with that. It looks crazy, so. Yeah, yeah. print an edible edible house. An edible house. A chocolate, yeah, the chocolate 3D printed. Have you seen that? It's crazy, man. Also on YouTube. I, I think it's that. amazing. And uh, you were telling me uh, the other day that you were planning to make this Buddha uh, standing on a finger, but reconstructed yeah. through artificial intelligence. Exactly. I find it a beautiful idea because, of course, there is the combination of the, uh, uh, like a symbolic, uh, symbolic spirituality and actual uh, 
metaphysical spirituality yes in that sense <laughs> i think uh, it's a it's a very good idea because uh AI is seen as a, a sort of sublime being in the mm -hmm. in the West, something that hovers above us, like and in the East and where I'm from, Thailand is like the Buddha, is like this divine being that also is on a different plane of uh, than human existence and our cognitive existence. Mm -hmm. So there's some very interesting similarities, and also that AI evolves and like dies and gets reborn into something else and better and stronger until it reaches like this point, which is called singularity and. Mm -hmm then you don't have to do anything, then we're just basically serving the machine, sort of like upkeeping the machine. Uh, this is also like the path that Buddha travels, like getting born again and again and again and again until you reach like this nirvana. So there's mm -hmm. like this funny like uh, overlap of like uh, themes, I think, in like the machine and in the human, which comes back in my work as well. Yeah, and there's a, a tension that you're, that is in those works because you use the traditional Thai cultural mm -hmm. forms, right? Yes. To, uh, that you then feed to the AI, to the algorithm? Or? Yes, exactly. So yeah. to make something new, because uh, it's a very Western way of thinking, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. when Gaudi made the Sagrada Familia, they also like, uh, to hell with everything, I'm just going to tr try to design something uh, in a different way. Mm. So uh, technology gives us the, the way to like uh, find new symbols for uh, these things, I think. Do you yeah. Want to add yeah, I wanted to add that uh, on the other hand, technology is kind of replacing God nowadays, or uh, like uh, belief sort of, because mm -hmm. technology makes a lot of decisions for us, just like you explained right now mm -hmm. on your work. Even in your work, actually, technology makes decisions. And uh, on one hand, this is very fascinating. On the other hand, this is also very frightening. I think we are a lot uh, bound by technology and. The more decisions it's gonna tell us to do, just like when you follow, uh, you know, like a map mm. on uh, Google that set up the way for you, the less thinking you have to do for yourself. And this is a little bit. Uh, I just listened to uh, like a talk about it, like a lecture. Uh, that this is a little bit similar to how people communicated with gods back in the ancient uh, times, where uh, if they got uh, uh, a god talking to them, and they were sort of chosen per se. Uh, then they followed the uh, orders or what they heard from the god basically without questioning. Mm -hmm. And if we get to a point where we follow a technology without questioning, it can become very, uh, very strange and uh, perhaps grim world. Mm -hmm. you, you know about the Google Maps accident? Like, I think it was somewhere in Britain, uh, there was a, a bridge that had collapsed and then there were cars continuously driving onto the bridge, even though the whole road was, there were signs like, bridge closed ahead, do not drive, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. And people were just falling on the water because they were following Google Maps and it wasn't updated. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. So. <laughs> wow. yeah. Okay, I haven't heard of that. That's insane. <laughs> it also reflected in popular culture, like from Terminator to the Matrix, you see like this uh, Skynet or like, uh, you know, this uh, mechanical being, uh, Deus Ex Machina ruling over people and uh, deciding for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then now, so, like, uh, reality is reflecting fiction again in some sort of weird, twisted way. Indeed. And then there is uh, the whole discussion about self-driving cars and self-controlling systems, right? Where uh, self-driving cars are sort of safe. Yes, there is a company in the USA that 
even runs a whole uh, network of taxis that are fully self-driving. But then also, if self-driving car or computer makes a fault, it can arguably be a lot worse, or at least it's looked at as a lot worse, because if a, if a human makes a mistake, um, then it is uh, more seen as, yes, anybody could make a mistake, you know, I could mm -hmm. uh, picture myself in his shoes and I can forgive this mistake, but if a computer makes a mistake, mm -hmm. then it's an elementary mistake that can uh, happen, yeah, that much more often if that problem isn't fixed. I don't know, I think uh, we are at a point uh, of uh, society. <laughs> I like to make a big uh, statement. <laughs> but I think we are at a point of uh, development of the society where this can either break and people start uh, to go away from technology in certain parts of life or uh, it can just go to a complete strange new world. Mm -hmm. I'm quite interested in this use of game language in your in your installation because uh, to me it's it kind of feels growing up in the '90s and playing on my little Game Boy, you know. Uh, <laughs> it kind of feels a bit sometimes that I'm I've been educated to live in this world through my computer games almost. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean uh, the. Uh, I don't know if it's possible to call it propaganda, but it's everywhere, right? Like they always show you what is the uh, proper uh, approach to life, like what is heroism, what is right, what is wrong. I don't know if I really want to question that, but it's more like I am fascinated by the fact that people are often unwilling to uh, accept something that hasn't been proven, for instance, with science or simply is a little bit out of the box thinking, but when they get to play a game, they like to cast magic all the day long, right? Like, there's this strange phenomenon when, where people are really enjoying super different world within the realm of video games, and then they really don't want to do anything out of the box in their daily life, mm -hmm. sort of, you know. Yes. So that's something that fascinates me and that's why I also like to take the aesthetics of video games and put them into my work mm -hmm. because uh, I'm playing with this, uh, maybe I'm trying to provoke that uh, in the viewer just to, you know, say yes, he has a sword or whatever, you know. But I'm uh, even going uh, after that now a lot more than I used to. I was more inspired with, by space in video games and how matter functions and stuff like that, you know, these kind of metaphysical concepts that aren't really present in reality, but uh, in computer they are. So, and what are the differences in that? But now I'm tending to go even more after the narrative of video games, like mm -hmm. not necessarily the psychological narrative where people are interested in how much impact it has on us when we keep shooting people in a video game but more on the narrative of this uh, magical aspect where, you know, like, why are we so much accepting it in the game, but not uh, willing to, you know, accept anything yes. in reality. Yeah, because the, the elements you put together in your installation kind of seemed really nonsensical or really weird, really bewildering. Yeah. But it's true that when you're in a, in a digital environment, in, in a video game, then 
yeah it's all everything goes exactly. all the dimensions can shift and it's yeah yeah and why I find, not <laughs> find it fascinating like a word of art of took this to uh, i mean do you know word of art of right it's the biggest uh multiplayer uh online multiplayer role-playing game uh ever made at least uh, uh, in its time and uh, they just put this to the total extreme, like when you uh, are in that game and you go to fight the biggest boss because there were so many updates, they always had to improve the kind of boss, it had to be bigger and bigger and bigger every time. Mm -hmm. the, the very, in the very last expansions, the, these uh, characters, uh, the enemies in the game, these bosses, are just so ridiculously big that it's uh, just weird. And uh, but then again, it goes to the most primal understanding of power that we have, like they used to do in uh, Egypt, right? Where they just make the bigger the the depiction was, the more important it was. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I like these kind of things. I'm quite interested how you, Jesus, uh, reflect on this this kind of well gamification of uh, society because. Uh, in your work, the viewer enters into a relationship with it, and it's it's also well, I'm not sure if you could call it a game, but it's it it kind of uh, demands you to look at, uh, yeah, to engage and uh, <laughs> interaction. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, sweet uh, dopamine or serotonin release, <laughs> no, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like to me, the the gaming mostly it's actually related this to the the chemistry of gaming. I would suppose the, you know, like how basically why people get so into it and they don't do anything other than playing games or going to YouTube and all of these things is basically the the I don't know if it's dopamine or serotonin but like mm -hmm. the, the the hormone release of having a nice stimuli to look at you know and being yeah. entertained basically which is I think the background of how like the you know like gaming YouTube the internet all of these things how they affect us is because they yeah, yeah, it rewards you. Uh, we reward get re rewards from it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't think that's too great. <laughs> you know? Actually, like what, what he was saying before about uh, YouTube uh, not being such a good thing is because, yeah, there is a lot of information and at the end uh, you don't even know the amount of misinformation or mm -hmm. basically pointless things that you learn and stuff. No? Ideology. Ideology, you know, like the, how people. Yeah, that, that's. Actually, I think we have this in common in our practices because I'm really, for me, the work, the reflection is the person themselves looking at themselves and seeing them distorted and trying to create a poetical relationship with the, you know, the audio also that they're hearing because the, the, the work, the installation itself had the different uh, songs or segments which were basically they could be independent artworks on themselves, or that's kind of how, like a collage, an audio collage, which is an album. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the the songs they they kind of uh, would uh, investigate these different aspects of the technological world. No, so you had the text to speech vocalization of uh, the word ideology that then was broken down into you know this its components you know so it was I, 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 you know so it was basically playing with the the word ideology and how it's something that is thrown out a, a lot today and has mm -hmm. to do a lot with the cognition of the person watching the work you now and like their belief system and all of this and then uh, yeah like i don't know like I, another one of the songs was a uh, 100 no 1000 most how to searched terms on google 
which to yeah. me I thought that was a beautiful window to society because mm. it it just represented all of human doubt <laughs> you know like we can like not all of it but like if you if you make a list of all the how tos yeah. and uh, how why when and all of these and you put them together I think you just have a perfect depiction of everything no yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah and for example that uh, that song it had that was taken from YouTube no that was taken from from just a Google search but then I had ripped from YouTube some audio from uh, I think this one had Gregorian chants mm-hmm. so it was also an allusion to religion ah, okay. and uh, and the doubt and self-doubt so yeah. that's like every song had kind of its own thing you know so yeah. this was one song then you had the ideology song then you had the, temp- the Thai temple chants yeah it was also very nice that, uh, it's that kind of like acoustically melded, melded very good with all the works together yeah, yeah the uh, music uh, it just creates so much uh, atmosphere <laughs> and it was amazing, obviously, uh, that you were playing all these, uh, yeah, all these yeah. Sim- uh, sound backgrounds. Yeah, yeah and it's very, uh, it worked very well. It kind of yeah. ma- melted everything together into one big. Uh, yeah, that helped thing. the show to come to uh, to more coherent uh, thing. That's for sure. It's a uh, an effect, no. huh? Like to have audio in the in the show always yeah. makes it nice. <laughs> it's yeah. like a Photoshop it together. Yeah. yeah. it's interesting that each of you also. Uh, uh, reflects on the relation between technology and spirituality um, or yeah, religion um, and uh, maybe we could uh, talk a bit about how that works in your uh, work as well because I understood it uh, it was inspired by um, Bangkok shopping malls That's yeah right. exactly how it emerged like this very weird capitalist idea of buying with the I read this article by a uh, a Thai uh, faculty member of the uh, University of Chulalongkorn and she wrote this, wrote this essay about uh, the Thai spirituality and like uh, festivities around Buddhism in shopping malls and it was a very like uh, contradictory notion of like the, the, the Buddha the, the person that has let go of all materiality being placed in the epicenter of materiality basically mm-hmm. so like this very much this clash of like West and East, which is approved by Thai people, but it goes very against the teaching of the Buddha, which is very interesting to me. So that's also why I thought, why can't I, why can't something like as foreign as uh, technology be introduced in the architecture of uh, Thai religious structures as well? If you can put like a, such a, such a altar in such a place, why couldn't you make a place with technology, so like, mm-hmm. there's some sort of Western influence coming into this Eastern, like this scene, seen as a, like a very spiritual place in the West, maybe, and it kind of like it makes this perverse, like a uh, sort of uh, situation out of this, uh, of the out of this uh, encounter. It's uh, mm-hmm. very very interesting to me and in how like. Uh, and this is also like a, a cause of like capitalism and globalization, and internet, and all these all these signifiers of wealth and like uh, importance, like all mixing up. Like you need the the Louis Vuitton bag, but then you also need to praise Buddha or God or whatever, mm-hmm. and it, it's all one big mashup of things, and it's very confusing. Yeah. This is what uh, Martin was referring to. This is breaking point. That this is gonna, can break people up. I think also. Yeah. But 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 it's like. Just another kind of good example of how the contemporary society doesn't really care about much 
they just want to exploit whatever is possible to 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 get the business running right mm -hmm. to, to to make more profit i don't know and the algorithm is also indifferent like that in many cases to like what is important and also like mm -hmm. the algorithm that i use for my workouts is also i made like a lot of like uh like models of like all the details but it can just stripped it away because it doesn't seem it doesn't ah. seem to be important for the model for the structure right. of course yeah, yeah. The whole point is uh, to save material or to get more structural strength or a combination of both? It's a combination or... of both, okay. so... I try to keep like the, th the things that are important, but then it still strips stuff away and it makes... But it makes something very interesting. Yeah, it makes kind of abstractized uh, Thai uh, structures. Mm -hmm. right. but, but you see these things in the Christian faith has been happening for like a long time, like the the changing and modernization of churches mm -hmm. so but i think uh, there is like really uh, positive technology use and really negative right like mm -hmm. what banks explaining and i think that's very that's the ex that's a good example of a positive use of technology where a uh, computer uh, algorithm can create a lot better structure than a man would think of but and it also just shows how much uh, how the border between uh, the artificial intelligence and nature is very thin because a lot of these structures are similar to uh, how nature creates mm -hmm. structures. They look very organic. Yeah, exactly. they look very organic, and you can see this uh, golden ratio in them repeating very often. And yes, that all makes sense. But then there is the algorithm. Another example of algorithm, just YouTube or Facebook, and you know algorithms that are set to to influence your way of thinking, or, mm -hmm. or yeah, your daily experience. And those are pretty evil. I think everybody knows that. Of course, they 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 are sort of life improvements, right? Like, uh, but the bad ones, the ones that go and make you think less. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think. Uh, ben, you explored this. This, uh, if an an uh, algorithm decided a structure can can have the same spiritual significance as a traditional uh, objects, right? Yes. Um, do Do you incline towards yes, it can have that, or is it is it an impossibility of? Uh, Depends if it's good. It, it all depends if it's going to be used, but mm -hmm. it, it's purely speculative, of course. But like, yes. what can things be? That yes. is the question. Yes. If we try to push, like, this this was my interest. Like, what can what can these new structures be? Mm -hmm. Because of technology. Because um. you see, like how technology, like uh, with the printing press, and then you got the Protestantism here in the Netherlands, and then like you had the builder storm where mm -hmm. they tore, tore down everything, and that really pushed. The way for the Western Enlightenment and like scientifical research, and then the more we knew, uh, then our side of the spiritual shifted to nature because then we saw like how grand nature was in Romanticism, and then you get this very abstract art. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, when we see that uh, nature is not the biggest thing, that humanity has killed everything, God is dead basically, and uh, so there's like a, a lot of shifting going on, and what is yes. like uh, spiritual and divine. So and this this new technology is. Exactly. They bring space for, for new shifts. Actually. Exactly. So this was also my interest, the mm -hmm. shift Thai uh, iconography, I guess, Thai religious iconography.
And uh, one detail I, I liked a lot is that uh, those cans, soda cans that you placed yes. by some of the works, and they were red Fanta cans. Yes. Yeah, they call it Namdang, and it, this is also like something that crept into Thai Buddhism in, in in a certain era where they like offer this as a to the spirits at the spirit house or at this uh, places where they worship the king of Thailand, the Rama 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 Bumibo. He was like the the the, the king before uh, the uh, the present king. He died, and it was his favorite drink. And it also says it's referring to blood in like a sacrificial mm. offering to like these deities. So like you can see that there are new uh, traditions being made with the new yes. new products and like uh, with the products that are like mass produced that they can have a sort of spiritual significance for real like in, mo in modern contemporary life. So that's very interesting. So. Yes. And then I go goes back to my work. So why can't my work also be, have like this same religious significance? If a fanta can can also be mm -hmm. this in Thai spirituality. Mm -hmm. So that's where all this Western capitalism, technology, yeah, everything goes together. together into one big jumble. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This. Um, that that's also something that's in your work present, right, uh, Martin? This this kind of tensions between capitalism and spirituality yes yes but i look at it uh so the, the work i presented in this show uh i concluded for myself that it was sort of a tale i, I like to say that it was a tale or a story of uh, a, a man that mm -hmm. uh, eventually i realized it's a lot of my own experience obviously of life here in this world in this time and uh, that you know how I struggle to uh, to find or to to, to, to define where, where, where we're living actually and then there's this protagonist who is uh, just armor uh, like a sort of uh, medieval knight armor uh, with a big uh, Christian cross but he's holding a phone he has really a vague uh, figure and uh, you can see that he's been kind of corrupted, sort of, you could say. And then th this guy is sort of uh, on uh, the path towards the, yes, in a way, capitalistic uh, fetishist, uh, fetish, uh, which are these four figures up on the, uh, on the fountain. Because I think spirituality in our uh, society here has been heavily replaced with consumerism and materialism and uh, then I just define these kind of ideals that we have been raised with through video games, through television or general you know, culture. Uh, I define them into these four figures that represent uh, one of these sort of toxic gods. Uh, and then this person that is following them is definitely kind of corrupted by it. And then as you climb up that temple, you're also learning about it. You're kind of growing towards understanding. And then at the point of uh, the peak, you have the choice to either ignore that or you can uh, yeah, sit from the well of healing, uh, sort of mm -hmm. uh, suggesting a fall, suggesting sort of a death or, you know, but not necessarily uh, physical death, but more death of these ideals. And then he's already dedicated on the staircase, sort of concurring this idea of uh, achieving something. Mm -hmm. And 
it's like activated the journey. But uh, in general, spirituality, I think it's uh, unimportant in our society, and I think it's pretty bad because it's taking a lot of uh, important meanings to life. Yeah. And this was also, I mean, it's kind of a search for for meaning in this madhouse that we live in, right? Yeah. What, what the exhibition is generally, <laughs> ultimately about. Exactly. Like all Viktor Frankl in doing it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... <laughs> I'm not sure. The, the man's, man's search for meaning. Like it's a, an author, a Jewish author, that survived the Holocaust. Uh -huh. and then mm -hmm. He developed this philosophical theory on meaning and or search for meaning and stuff. Which applies really well to nowadays, I think, where... Yeah, like the... The systems that we had built as society, societal control now, which is basically religion and government and stuff, are now being kind of replaced. Or mm -hmm. I mean, government is still there, no, but the science is replacing religion, and that also comes with all the problems of uh, religious bias and all mm -hmm. of these biases related to these things. No, so yeah, so the, how we it all affects us and how we relate and how. Uh, the narcissism, narcissism uh, develops in people and how, you know, it's all, all the crap that it's mm. getting uh, enhanced nowadays. <laughs> it's also our society. Yeah. It's the overlaying, overlaying structures, the capitalism and technology that you can, like, you're just part of it or, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah sort of, right? Uh, yeah, funnily enough, we, uh, apparently we live uh, in a system that's called uh, neoliberalism. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, most of the time, the neoliberalist capitalism isn't added there. But uh, I always thought, uh, raising up or growing up, that uh, the neoliberalism is more focused towards um, social equality, towards uh, acceptance of religion or all kinds of cultural acceptance. But it is not at all. It has nothing to do with it, in fact. The neoliberalism uh, is simply financial liber liberty that mm -hmm. uh, the system is about and this was a big surprise for me it's of course something I understood all the time but I also thought the world has changed <laughs> the, uh, the people in the lead are having better ideas uh, but yeah apparently they don't so mm. I think this, it's a bit of a downfall nowadays yeah. <laughs> we have too much power in our hands huh? so, uh, yeah Everybody's worshiping the, the great businessmen and the great uh, inventors like Jeff, Jeff Bezos. And Bezos. Uh, but I wonder, Bank, but I know you, you were raised here and you mm -hmm. basically lived your whole life here, right? In mm -hmm. the Netherlands. But you still go to Thailand, right? When I can, when I yeah. can. Is this channel uh, approach to life similar there or is it different simply because of the bigger tradition of it's very different. It's very much more like Thai culture more based around the family and you know, like here you are like very much inclined to be your own person and find your own goal and here and there is like it's more about the unit. So like in a smaller sense it could be the family or in a bigger sense it could be the Thai nation or the city or your village. And here you need to be who you want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's very much encouraged, you know? Yeah. And there is about more about uh, surviving. There is no social like uh, Social funnet, social funnet. How do you say this? Like a social security in the in Thailand. So it's all about surviving, sort of. Also, but if you're not from a good family. But more from the spiritual point of view, like people still believe, right? Generally, they still it, go to the shrines. They still uh, offer. But I think it's more like emotion they go through 
then it is it's not really, really belief you know what I mean because then okay. they want I want to have this fancy fancy shoe or yeah okay. I want to have this car I want to have this and this and this when I see my family or like friends of my family talk about what they what they need or what they desire in life it's mostly these type of things material yes mm. material. Oh, but then they say mater- material is also important mm. which is also true you can't mm-hmm. be naive and think oh the material is not important <laughs> no no but yeah sorry Go no, no, no I, I thought the Thai uh, culture and religion like was very like interlaced with society like you know the ghosts were kind of a thing of normal normal a normal thing you know like uh yeah that's like people do. believed in that way more than we do for sure over here and all that. that is true you don't take food on the street if like or you didn't take food from the street like it, things you don't do in thailand you don't step on like a what's it called like a drempel like a like a, a paper yeah. a door you don't step on the, there's like a lot of voodoo like superstition, and superstition. Yeah. And I saw like yeah, oh, but they, they take it they take it to Europe because I've also like when I was younger, I went to a Thai temple here, and I saw like an exorcism here, like a old lady got exorcised, and that was crazy, and they put like a mask on her, and they were like doing like a, they they talk Sanskrit, like it's it's it, uh, it's more like Pali, which comes from Indian Sanskrit, mm-hmm. and then they chanted this woman, they put like this uh, the mask of Garuda on her on her head, which is like the monkey god, and then she started convulsing and like. Uh, Shaking and you could you don't touch it, don't touch it. And everybody's like, ah, don't touch it. And then they were like moving out to the door and like throwing like holy water. <laughs> so these things go, like it doesn't stay in Thailand. Yeah. These yeah. beliefs are everywhere. So and I don't know if they're true. Yeah, Maybe that was a really good act by that lady, but <laughs> no, you know. I mean, you're young. It's like crazy. Oh, there's this thing called collective psychosis. There is a, this very famous example of a disease that it's actually called, it's, it's, it's mostly found in the jungle of Nicaragua, like deep in the, in the jungle there, in the communities in there, and it's called the dizzy sickness. But it's literally like a translation from dizzy, like being dizzy sickness, but it's written when you read it in Spanish or I think it's, I don't know if it's Nahuatl where they speak, probably like the language of the, the natives there. But basically what happens is like it's collective psychosis because uh, girls, when they reach teenagehood, they start to think they're possessed and then the whole village thinks they're possessed and the whole village sees them uh, puke batteries or bolts and they start like convulsing and going to these crazy tantrums and yeah, it's like one of these examples of something that it is true over there but as an outsider you go there and you're like what are these people doing like they're really believing things that are not there no other yeah it's one of these examples of Literally, that happening. Yeah. Also, in American churches, it happens, and they do oh, like yeah, 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 right? and, uh, yeah, yeah. and at the same time, people over here follow an app on their phone and drive off a bridge. So exactly. <laughs> so so you can yeah. really wonder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's overused. Yeah, so yeah. Thin hair monkeys, you know, that's where we are. Like, that somehow learn to speak and use tools. Yes. <laughs> One thing I wanted to address was um, the the way all three of you use technologies is kind of um, to me it seems like you use the technologies against the grain, so mm. not as that they were intended to mm. be used. Um, yeah, I was wondering how you how you all three view that. As, um, do you consciously um, reclaim technologies or warp mm. technologies? Yeah, for me, in my case, I know that most of the 
uh, like at least uh, the acoustic aspect of me using uh, electric engines or stepper motors or yeah industrial equipment when i use them for acoustic or sonic purposes i enhance the things that are wrong with them mm-hmm. you know so i actually research like in for example in manufacturing 3d printing or cnc uh, machining they tend to really hate uh, the harmonics that are produced with the motors because they end up uh, they they result in less precise prints because the vibration like hurts it so i actually investigate how to enhance those vibrations and how to make it more resonating mm-hmm. instead of taking the resonance out which is what as an engineer you would want to is like have yes. the least amount of resonance but i try to to get the most amount of resonance which maybe is not good for the life of motors, but it's very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah nice. but I don't know if I really use technology against the grain. I think for me technology is a tool and the way you use it is just the goal you want to achieve. And if you want to use a motor in a way it wasn't meant to be used, it still is a right use of a motor, right? It's yeah, because yeah, you're trying to achieve yeah, your it's own a perspective goal. Kind of thing, yeah. And just as an example, in my work, uh, so I, I design all my uh, sculptures and work mm-hmm. in computer initially mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I also 3D printed and then I uh, work on it further on with my hands but the point is where I use the most technology is while designing the uh, work in computer and recently for instance what I did was I wanted to have an object that reflects in a ball or I, ideally I wanted another shape than ball but it's a lot more complicated with other shapes where it reflects in a ball like it would be in reality. So uh, it's sort of reversed reflection where the distorted object is outside and mm-hmm. the actual, what we understand as uh, the correct object is inside the reflection. And that is something it's very hard to do with your hands. So technology use is obviously very ideal there because I needed to create, um, you know, I don't know if that falls into the category of algorithms, mm-hmm. but a, a mathematical equation that will and uh, distort the object for me in computer, and then I could print it. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's not the misuse; it's more the intu- intuitive use. Yes. You know? yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. It's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or you could say it's not the intended use. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Maybe yeah. not the way it was once uh, invented it is yeah. to be uh, to be used. Um, who knows, maybe we end up discovering something new just by yes. tinkering around, you know, it's, uh... <laughs> I noticed it because it's, um, we talk a lot about a neoliberal society and kind of its uh, constraints and, and how items from that society and doing things that you're, uh, that you're not intending, intended to do is, is also a way of maybe trying to uh, kind of slip through the the cracks of that society <laughs> in a small way mm. and uh, it's been four months now since the exhibition was on view and <laughs> how do you look back on it? Mm-hmm. Oh no, for me I, I'm quite happy with the results of it I just, yeah uh, after doing it I just had way more, many more ideas and more mm. songs to add and audio <laughs> yeah. processes and uh, more ways to the form to play it to get different sounds but yeah, that's it more of the, the realm of possibilities, yeah. Yes. I really wanted to make a song saying that this gallery is in a neighborhood and there is neighbors. You know, because I couldn't be too loud because there is neighbors around. So I wanted to do a song on that, but I didn't. Yeah. If I reflect on it, it's very like serendipitous, I would say. Everything kind of like fell into place and like 
everybody kind of knew what they were doing and then we knew it was kind of like the same we had the same interests but then how it kind of like fell together in the end i'm more than pleased how how it mm-hmm. went yeah right. and that's super nice like if we think on how it all started like a year and a half ago pss, yeah <laughs> we ended up in a better place yeah. i think i think so right for yeah. sure yeah i enjoyed it a lot i think we set up a very nice show all together and i've also new ideas in fact for me this was a chance to uh, build a work that i wanted to build for uh, some time and because actually it got so postponed i kept on working on it and i could actually uh, make it better than i wanted initially and that uh, made me happier and also created new ideas of what I want to make in the future. Nice. Yeah, so it's bad things are good things. It's nice, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to skip the step in between because if there is so much time already and you end up with a final step, you know, so yeah. no one has to see the uh, unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank you very much for this. Well, thank you. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. It was great. It was very, very Yeah. <laughs> so pretty. Another cup of tea. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nice.